Isaiah 45 and 3 is where I will read from this morning. Isaiah 45 and verse number 3. Now I've, I've got a lot of scattered notes on this and I'm going to follow. I'm, gonna, I'm asking the Lord to help direct me through it all. I believe God's going to speak to us today. Here's what I want you to leave this service understanding. God is not scared of your brokenness. And God is not scared of the darkness that may be surrounding your situation. We serve a God who can speak into the darkness and cause there to be light. Amen. Isaiah 45 and verse number 3. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness. That is a powerful line. I will give thee the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I the Lord which call thee by thy name am the God of Israel I'm preaching today from that subject treasures of darkness could we lift our hands and ask God to bless the preaching of his word this morning help us today Lord give us ears to hear and hearts to understand what your spirit says direct us In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We give you all the praise and the glory. Somebody shout amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In in Genesis chapter number 1. We find those very powerful words that are part of our identity as people of God in that we believe that nothing that is here is just here by happenstance. We believe that there is, an, there is in fact, an intelligent design that has created this earth. But I would say, it, I want to take it farther than just saying intelligent design. I want to say that our God not any other God, not any other religion's God. Our God is the God, the only God, and He is the one that created all that there is. He has created this. And um, it's important for you to remember just how awesome it is, this thing called the creation. And by the way, if you ever struggle or you know somebody that struggles with trying to wrap their mind around the fact that there is a God who created all of this, I would just tell them that it takes more faith to believe what they believe if they believe in uh, an explosion that caused all of this come to pass. It would take more faith to believe that, in my opinion, than it takes to believe in a God who created all that there is. He looked out into 
nothingness. He looked out into complete and utter darkness and chaos. And there was no order. And there was, there was, there, there was no rhyme and there was no reason. It was just dark chaos. And into that inky blackness, our God spoke. The Bible said that the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the waters. But then, look what happens. And the Spirit, everybody say the Spirit. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Next verse. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Even though it was dark, even though it was void, even though there was nothing there that held any promise, the Spirit of God was hovering. The Spirit of God was present in the middle of that darkness. God was present right there in the middle of it. He wasn't away from it. He wasn't intimidated by it. He was not scared of it. Our God just was right there in the middle of that darkness. There is nothing that is too hard for our God. The Bible says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Bible tells us that God is close. Somebody say close. He is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those that are crushed in spirit. I would tell you today that our God is not intimidated by those things. Rather, our God is attracted to the brokenhearted. He is attracted to the crushed. He is attracted to the emptiness. He is attracted to the mess. He is attracted to the chaos. Yea, even our God is attracted to the darkness that would envelop us. God was moving in the emptiness. I'm going to tell you today the great thing about emptiness is that it creates a space for our faith. Oftentimes, we will curse the emptiness, but God lives and hovers there. And God can only feel and God can only, God can only feel what is empty and God can only work with what is broken. God can only feel what is empty, and He can only work with what is broken. And so God moves in the darkness of our life. He does His best work in the dark. God does His best work in our darkness. After the darkness, God speaks. And if we can just get the Spirit of God somewhere, there's enough Spirit of God there for God's Word to be spoken. And if God's Word is spoken, whatever has been can cease to be. And God can make all things new in the middle of what was old and broken and chaotic. That is why it is so important that we don't ever want to come to church without experiencing the Spirit of God. I'm not telling you, 
I'm not going to even try to tell you what the Spirit of God looks like. There's been too many people that have tried to say this is what the Spirit of God looks like. I'm not even going to tell you what all the Spirit of God looks like. It looks like a multitude of things when the Spirit of God is moving. I've seen when the Spirit of God moves, I've seen people begin to clap their hands. When the Spirit of God is moving, I've seen people begin to shout. I've seen people jump. I've seen people dance. I've seen people do all kinds of things. And we're not crazy for doing that. We're not out of order for doing that. If they'll do it for, for everybody else, if, if they'll do it for their favorite uh, singer or rock star, if, if they will do it for their favorite ball team, if they will do it. I saw, I saw a little video of somebody that shot the biggest deer of their life. And they shot that deer. And when they came up on it, they knew it was big. But when they came up on it and they saw just how big that deer was, they got excited. And they started dancing around and jumping and shouting because they killed the big deer. I remember I was hunting one time with my, with my good friend, John Williams. He was the best man in our wedding. And we were hunting and he was in one clear cut and I was in the other clear cut. And John's a big time hunter. Matter of fact, John just killed a, a just, I mean, a nice deer. And, and uh, he's just always been into it. And, and so he was in that clear cut. I was in this one. And as uh, we, we stood there or, or sat there in our deer stands that morning, I heard, uh, all of a sudden I heard, pow, 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 pow. He emptied his clip in his gun that day. However many shots he had, I want to say it was like nine. He emptied all of them. And I sat there and I thought, at first when I heard one shot, I thought, oh, he got him something. And then I heard the second and I said, well, I'm sure. And then I heard about nine and I said, he missed. Whatever it was, he missed it. He did not hit it. And uh, so I sat in my stand. I was there about 15 minutes. And, and presently, I hear some commotion, and I hear uh, all kinds of uh, uh, noise going on in, in, the, in the tree line that separated our clear cuts. And uh, I heard John. He said, Kenneth, Kenneth, I need you to come help me. He said, I got him. He said, he, and, he, and he peeked his head out of, the, out of the woods. He said, I got him. He's muy grande. He's moving. <laughs> so I climbed down out of my stand, and we got to looking for that deer. I will have you know we could not find that deer. And so the whole time we're looking, I'm telling you, man, he's huge. He's a monster. And all the time he's saying that, I'm saying, oh, he ain't. He's nothing. He's he's got to be small. And that just aggravated him, fired him up. You know, he's got to be just itty bitty. And uh, we never did find that deer. Uh, a year later, they went out there and they were scouting for the next deer season. And his grandfather got up in his stand and he looked down uh, and he could see the bones, the, the, the carcass of that deer, the bleached uh, bones of that deer sitting out in that clear cut. If John just would have sat in his stand a little bit, he'd have found him if he'd have just looked around. Uh, I, 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 I'll never forget how excited he was when he, when he said, I got him. He's movie grande. When he said that, I about fell out of the, tree, the deer stand laughing. Uh, 
uh, he was so excited. And, 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 and people get excited. And if he wants to get excited about it, that don't bother me. That don't bother me. My son gets excited about stuff too. He, he went hunting with Pops this weekend. And, and if he'd have shot a deer, I guarantee you he'd been thrilled. And I'd have been thrilled for him. No problem with that. Your team wins the playoffs. You know, you get excited about that. No problem with that. But my goodness, what I've got, what I've, the, the God that I'm serving is so good. He's so good. Yes, sometimes it makes me want to clap my hands. Sometimes it makes me want to lift my voice. Sometimes it makes me want to dance. It makes me want to shout. It makes me want to praise and give God glory. And there's been times when I knew the Spirit of God was here because somebody got the praise in Him and somebody got the giving Him glory. I've seen, I've seen the presence of God move like that, but I've also seen the presence of God move where nobody stood up. Everybody sat down under the weight of His glory and tears rolled down faces. And all we could do was just be there in His presence. And we knew that the Spirit of God was there. If we will be a church that is focused and consumed with the presence and spirit of God being in our service. There is no darkness that can last. There is no brokenness that can't be put back together. There is nothing that is too hard for God to do. If we will get the spirit of God in our church. Hallelujah. We need his spirit. We need His Spirit. If you are in the darkness, don't fret. God's in it with you. If you're in the middle of chaos, don't be dis- don't despair. God's there too. If you're walking in brokenness, don't get too don't get too worried about it. God is there too. Wherever you are, God is going to be and God will come if you will just call on his name he will come speedily the word of God said it doesn't matter how bad it looks it doesn't matter how distraught everybody around you is it does not matter how big and bad the enemy is and how tough the devil seems to be if you will call on God God will get there he the, listen listen to me I know a God who walks in bars and he reaches down and gets a hold of people that know better than to be there doing the things they're doing. I know a God that walks into all kinds of places that you and I would probably never want to walk into. But we've got a God who says, I'll go in there. I'm not scared. I'm not afraid of it. I can do something with this darkness. He, He hovers in darkness. He speaks in darkness. And then he begins to work in the darkness. He begins to work in the darkness. And there's treasures in that darkness. I got to tell you today, we often want to look at it and we want to curse the darkness. Isn't that our way? We just want to curse the darkness. Get out of here. Let me tell you something. Our God is so good that he said, even if you have to go through the darkness, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to cause there to be treasures in the darkness. I'm going to lead things in the darkness that you can't get anywhere else. I will 
put treasures within your darkness. Think about it. Think about it. Just with creation, think about it. There you are in that mass of, of emptiness. And God said, let there be light. Boom. Treasures of darkness. And God said, let the firmament appear. Boom. Treasures of darkness. And God said, uh, uh, let there be a greater light and a lesser light. Boom. Treasures of darkness. God said, let the firmament in the seas be separated. Boom. And he just keeps going. He keeps going. He even, he even creates Adam on the sixth day. He creates Adam. And we have our treasures of darkness. I want you to know that our God is able to do things that would absolutely astound and amaze us. I want you to remember that when it gets dark in your life, you don't have to, you don't have to despair because it is then as it was in the beginning. It's just you and it's God. And if it can just be you and it can be God, God will work. That's why darkness can be a good thing. Because it means you've got him all by yourself. I've got God all by myself. John, what are you doing? I'm getting in the spirit on the Lord's day. Why? I'm by myself. I'm in a very dark place. But if I can get the spirit of God here, there is no reason that God cannot work here. I want to talk to somebody today and I want to tell you, I'm I'm trying to be very intentional right now because I feel this so strong. I want to tell somebody today that just because you are by yourself, just because you feel alone, just because you feel like there's nobody to go through this with you, or maybe you don't feel worthy, and maybe you feel a little bit beat up because you feel like you have let God down so many times. I am going to tell you that in the middle of that darkness, when it's just you, it doesn't have to be this whole church. It could just be you. But our God will come to you in those moments and in that time of difficulty. And He will make you the center of His attention. He will put all the focus on you. In the darkness of the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. My God is my treasure in the darkness. My God is my treasure in the darkness. That is why Job said in Job 60 and 2, I believe it is, said he giveth songs in the night. You want a treasure of darkness? Let me give you one. We serve a God who gives songs in the night. When I'm going through my trial, when everything is dark around me, I serve a God who gives songs in my night. He gives songs in my night. Do me a favor while I'm preaching this. Well, let's just dim these lights in here. There's a man, and I can't remember his name right now. This is a true story. He said, his, you've heard it before, but the author of the song, his family is on their way to England and he is back in America taking care of some business deals. And they, his wife and daughters are on the ship. And they're on their way to England. And he is supposed to meet them there. And he gets the telegram back 
that says the ship has sank and I alone, your wife, am spared. And he lost his daughters. And he got on the boat headed to meet his wife over there. And as he stood on the bow of that boat, they passed the place where his daughters had perished. And he was in such a darkness, in such a black place in his life. He began to sing, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when darkness like sea billows roll, whatever my love thou hast taught me. To say, it is well, it is well with my soul. God gave him a song in the night. God gave him a song in the night. I heard Brother Graham tell the story about a man who was a POW in the Vietnam, I believe it was the Vietnam War. It was a POW. And uh, there were several of them there, but they were situated in a way, they were trying to do some mental warfare with them as well, and so they situated them where they could not see each other. All they could do was hear one another. But they could not see each other. And they... Uh, for however many years it was that they were there. And they would take these soldiers out from time to time and they would beat them. And they would come back and one would be hurting and the others would try to strengthen them and say something to help them. But one thing they made a point to do is they never shared with each other their names. Um, there, was, there was a reason they knew the enemy was listening and they were trying to be careful not to... Uh, to, to, to share all the names uh, of everybody because they didn't want certain specific information to get out. And uh, every night there was one of those men that every night when it was time to go to bed, he would start singing. He'd sing, Victory in Jesus, my Savior. Forever. Some years later, man was on an airplane and uh, sat down on the airplane and he was sitting next to an older gentleman and he just began to kind of sing that to himself or hum it. <laughs> One of our apostolic men. He said that older man sitting next to him said, Excuse me, sir. Are you singing that song, Victory, Jesus? He said, yes, I am. Tears began to pour down his face. He said, let me tell you, I remember that song. Let me tell you how I learned it. He was one of those soldiers that was in that POW camp, in, that, in those cells. He said, every night, that man would begin to sing. He said, I never knew his name. We just called him Victory. He said, but I can't tell you. He said, victory told me when I got out of there, if I ever made it out. He said, you got to go to an apostolic church. 
he said, so I went to an apostolic church. And I was baptized in Jesus' name. And God filled me with the Holy Ghost. He said, but that song got me through and got all of us through a very hard time. Because we knew that it didn't matter how bad they beat victory that day. And it didn't matter how much pain he was in when he got back to his cell that night. Before we went to bed, we would hear victory in Jesus. Let me tell you, we serve a God that gives songs in the night. And some of the most powerful songs that have ever been written were written in the night. They were given to people in the middle of their nighttime. When everything was dark. When nothing looked like it was going to go right. God said, I've got a treasure for you in the middle of this darkness. And he gave them a song. Are you thankful for his songs in the night? Genesis 19, and I guess let's go Genesis 19 and verse number 4. If you would pull that up for me, Genesis 19 and 4. But this is when Lot is living in Sodom, and God has sent two angels to come get him out. And the Bible says, but before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, Compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. Verse 5. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. That was the very night that God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He was going to rain down judgment. And it was fire and brimstone that would destroy those two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yet Abraham had been praying. And Abraham had been talking to God. And Abraham had been interceding upon his nephew's behalf. And notice what the men of the city said. They said, where are the two which came into you this night? In the middle of that dark night. God sent two angels to Lot. You know what an angel is? It's a messenger. The angel of the Lord is the messenger of the Lord. And God sent two messengers to Lot in the middle of the dark night of their perversion and the the calamity and destruction that was about to pour down on them in the middle of all of that, their chaos, in the middle of their sin, in the middle of their debauchery, God said, I'm going to send you a message. It was a treasure in the darkness. And I want to thank God for every message He sent me when I was in the dark. I want to thank God for every time He sent a word to me when I was in a dark place. I want to thank God for every sermon preached that shone a little bit of light in my darkness. You call it what you want to. I'm calling it a treasure. It was a treasure to me. It got me through some things. And it helped pull me out of some things. God gave me a message in my darkness. I am so thankful for that word that came from God and touched my life. Would you clap your hands and give him some praise? Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Genesis 32, verse number 22. Genesis 32 and 22. I'm just going to show you a few treasures in the dark. The Bible says, And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. Brother Clyde, you said this is the scripture you love so much. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Let me tell you what happened in the middle of Jacob's dark night. I'm about to lose everything. I'm about to lose it all. I've divided everything I have up into two different groups because I'm trying to keep from losing it all if I can. But I know Esau's on his way. And I feel like Esau's going to destroy me and my family and all that we have. And in the middle of that night, after he sent his family across the ford, he turns around and there stood the man, the angel of the Lord that began to wrestle with him. It was a theophany of God began to wrestle with him and he wrestled with him all night long. Let me tell you one of the treasures of darkness that we have. We have a God who loves us so much that he doesn't let us go without wrestling with us and without fighting with us and saying if you're going to go that way you're going to have to do it over every effort that I can expend over everything I can do to keep you close to me. Don't you know? Don't you know that was a treasure to Jacob years later when he would look back and those grand children would come uh, sit down on his knee come here Ephraim come here Manasseh I want to tell you I want to tell you something when I was away from God and I wasn't where I ought to be in him and I had things in my life that weren't right and you want to talk about a bunch of mess I had idolatry in my home I was a deceiver I was a liar. I, I, I tricked people. I took advantage of people. That's who I was. But in the middle of all that kind of chaos, in the middle of that brokenness, in the middle of that darkness, one dark night, God came to wrestle with me because God wouldn't let me go without a fight. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, Ephraim, I want to tell you, Manasseh, God is so good to us that he never lets us go without a fight. Don't you want to thank God today for every time you started to drift away from him? And he said, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. There are people in this room that God came and got you out of situations. He got you out of circumstances. Stuff you don't even want to talk about. Some of it you've never even told one person. Because you don't want anybody to know just how low you had fallen. But in the middle of that low place in your life, God came and said, I'm going to get a hold of you. I'm going to wrestle with you. If you go to hell, it'll only be after you go to hell fighting with me. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the night, in the night. Genesis 46 and 1. And Israel took his journey, that's Jacob. And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. And God spake unto Israel 
in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here am I. I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. The Bible said that God spoke to Jacob in the night, and he gave him visions of the night. I realize it's a little play on words this morning, but I'm going to thank God today for visions in the night. When, I, when all I saw was the brokenness and all I saw was the destruction, I want to thank God that he gave me a vision of what could be. I want to thank God he gave me a vision of what would be. I want to thank God that he said it may look this way right now, but it won't always look like this. It won't always be like this. I'm going to give you a glimpse of what will come down the road. Thank God for visions of the night. And in this room again this morning, there are people that God gave you visions of the night. And maybe you're not. What you want to be yet, but you're on the way. And the thing that has kept you going is the fact that God lets you see a little bit of what shall be if you would continue on. Thank God for visions that He has given us in the nighttime. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would somebody just lift their hands right now? I feel the presence of God here. Deuteronomy 133. I've got a lot of treasures I could preach to you about tonight, today. Deuteronomy 133. The Bible said, Who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents in, in fire by night, to show you by, by what way you should go. It was in the nighttime, in the dark of night, that God said, I'm going to show you the way. For you to go. And there was a fire by night. That began to lead us. Is there anybody here today. That will say God. Showed me the way out. In the night time. He showed me the way out. In the night time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, There's so much I could preach today. I'm going to stop. And I've got more and and there's a whole bunch I didn't even add to because I knew there's just no way. But I could preach about Ruth going to Boaz in the night and laying down at the feet of Boaz. And in the morning, the kinsman redeemer woke up and saw her. Thank God. Excuse me, in the night he woke up and saw her. Thank God for the kinsman redeemer who looks at me in the night when I'm not what I ought to be. And when I'm not what I should be, he looks at me in the night and says, I'll still redeem you. If you'll have me, I'll have you. 
thank God I could preach. I could preach about treasures of the night. All I'm going to tell you today is that we serve a good God. We serve a good God. I want to thank Him for every vision of the night. I want to thank Him for every time He made a way and led me through the night. I want to thank God for wrestling with me in the night. I want to thank God for sending me a message in the night. I want to thank God for giving me a song in the night. I don't know how to tell you other than what I feel on my spirit this morning so heavy. That is that God wants to tell somebody who feels like their, their spiritual walk is chaotic. It is messed up. You have, you, have, you have blown it. You feel like you have let God down. You feel like you've let family down. You feel like you've let your church down. You feel like you've let it yourself down. And you think it's all broken and it's all messed up. And there's no way that God would ever want to do anything with me again. But I've come to preach to you today and tell you God sent this pastor here with a word today. God sent me here with a word for you today to tell you. He has treasures of darkness that you know not of. He has treasures of darkness that you hadn't even counted on. And God said, I can go into the midst of your darkness and I can bring something beautiful out of it if you will let me. And so I'm wondering today if there's anybody in this house who says I need to reach into the treasure chest of God and I need to pull something out that's going to help me in this dark place of my life. Whatever it is, I'm not saying some of us need it because we're away from God. Some of us need it just because we're going through it. Whatever it is, whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance is, I am begging you today, reach into the treasure of God and pull out whatever it is that God wants to give you to get through this time. There it. I'll tell you what this one is. This is a message in darkness today that God has sent to you. And I'd get a hold of it. And I'd say, God, thank you for not letting me go without a fight. I want to come get a hold of you. I want to reach to the throne of grace. I want to fall at your feet, Jesus. And I want to be washed again by your love. I want to be washed again by your blood. I want to be washed again, God, by your presence. Saturate my life. With your presence, God. Is there anybody that says, I need a treasure today from the darkness? If there is, I'm asking you. I'd stand up from where I am. I'd come join this preacher down at the front. I'm going to kneel down today. And I'm asking God to touch me in the places of my life that may seem to be chaotic and without form and void and empty. I'm asking God to come touch my life. Would you come meet me at the altar?